now back in the football shed, the podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And it's awards night. Have you both got your tuxes on ready? Red carpet looking yeah. good. Special evening. It's, uh, everyone who hasn't listened to awards night before, this is the equivalent of our Christmas party. So if you don't enjoy <laughs> it, see ya. Does that, <laughs> we love it. Um, <laughs> does that mean you're going to photocopy your ass? Ooh, I'm not sure that I'm not sure they'd enjoy all the hairs getting stuck in the machine. (laughs) Rog, did you bring a suitably wanky beer for your uh, awards celebration? Uh, I did. Yeah, I I panic went and panic bought at my local um, uh, brewery a couple of days ago. Nice. um, Just to ensure I could maintain my sanity during this next period of lockdown, Uh, I have a tall boy and moose. Kevik IPA called Lightning Axe. So it's a Norwegian style IPA. You've got a Kevin IPA. Kevik. Kevin. What what is a Norwegian style (laughs) IPA, Roger? (laughs) Um, Anyway, John, what were you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, did you bring anything to celebrate with? I'm on the gin and tonics today. Luckily, I finished that bottle of gin, but I I was buying new booze and I thought to myself, you know, Gin is actually quite safe because in lockdown you can't shot it, and you can't no. you can't just drink it on its own, which means it has to go in a mixer. So it's quite a safe lockdown drink, I reckon. Yeah, that's no smart. I, move. I have but, had nights of drinking straight gin, and they don't oh usually God. end very well. Yeah. What, what are you drinking this week, John? Well, shockingly, to celebrate, I thought I'd buy a different wine, and then I changed my mind and just bought Audi wine. <laughs> well, John, I just want to um, jump in there. Now we we've had a bit of correspondence this week that um, luckily missed your desk and went straight to my desk. Oh, no. um, that's not necessarily football related, but I think that... Did as Audi get in contact? Night, Audi have been in touch, John. <laughs> this is a true story. So I'm going to read you a letter that I received from uh, Audi Australia. Do you know anything about this? No, nothing. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Now, this is, this is genuine. I should just point out, John, because I'm sure at this point you are still sceptical. But oh, yeah. I confirm I have cited the document. It has the Audi stamp. It is genuine. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Dear John, Audi Australia could not be more pumped that we have a fan in you. In fact, <laughs> we're so thrilled with your support. We'd like to award you our first and only Audi Football Lovers and Wine Appreciation Award. This award celebrates unwavering commitment, passion, and enthusiasm, all things that football lovers and Audi wine lovers have in common. As the inaugural and only winner of this official Audi award, we'd like to celebrate with you by giving you a hat trick of our own. Three wines yet to be released in any Audi store. Are you guys lying? Serious, serious. Let me me finish the letter, John. This is awesome. As the recipient of the Audi Football Lovers and Wine Appreciation Award, you will be the first in Australia to have a drink. The three wines are as follows. Golden Gangster Shiraz, the Golden nice. Gangster Cabernet, the Villa Esser Piedmont Rosso, 2018, We hope that you enjoy these wines, but don't be mistaken, we would never want to get between you and your El Toro. Cheers, Audi Australia. That's now, John, I'd like you to just take a look down towards your right leg because there's a polystyrene box in your little podcast recording studio, which you wouldn't have seen before. It's on one of the shelves. Oh, there yeah, is. Yeah, so I think if you can just reel that one out, there's a message on the top. 
So because this isn't great um, listening, I'll just explain that John is reaching down and I've, I've had John's wife plant a box for, uh, of Audi wine, especially in his little podcast recording studio, which John is now opening and examining. This is a real thing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best award show ever. But let me talk you through it, John. So, so Audi have been listening to the shed and um, Audi... Their their wine picker, so their, their their wine picker heard about your love for Audi wine and 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 listened to a few episodes and realised that it's it's pretty unwavering and you've got a pretty pretty good opinion. So he wanted to make sure that this uh, this wine itself was good for public consumption. So it would be appreciated if over the next few sheds you could um, enjoy these wines. I've got some descriptions that I can share with you, ready to see whether whether you think they're up to scratch. Yeah. What? So I've got the organic garden gangster Shiraz in front of me. That's really good. This so I'll awesome. send you this. I'll send you the certificate, John, because I do think it should be uh, placed on your wall as the one and only Audi Football Lovers and Wine Appreciation Award. And we better put it up on the website, Jeff. Yeah, we'll, we'll put, put it, it on, the on the Facebook and the website. And uh, now that's the end of the award show. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> huge thanks for everyone at Audi that made this possible. You guys have been brilliant. And uh, right, John. So the drinking show. the same wine every week has paid off eventually. This is bloody great. <laughs> Thanks, Aldi. <laughs> um, right, I'll get into the boring bit of admin. So every week we start with a question, and we've got a slightly fatter question for the awards night. Um, but the admin, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question, tell us wrong about something, or send me more wine, um, you can just find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed, or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And, of course, tell your mates so more people can hear us talk nonsense. This week's question for the awards, as I said, is a bit of a fatter question. Over the last 20 years... Oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> um, across Europe... <laughs> with people who've scored 30 penalties or more... Who has the best conversion rate? Sergio Ramos? No, he is not in the top 10. I don't think he scored 30 penalties because he's only recently taken penalty. I only on two seasons, maybe, yeah. Danny Ings? Nope. Wayne Uh, Rooney? No, not Wayne Rooney. He was crap. Sorry, can you say, just quickly rephrase this question for me? Zlatan? Over the last 20 years, who has the highest penalty conversion across the European, across European leagues? 20 Zlatan. years. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm. No. Zlatan is sixth in the list. Cristiano Ronaldo. Nope, not in the top 10. Sergio Aguero. No, it wouldn't be any player for Man City, would it? No. Uh, He's playing, playing in the Champions League. I'm not a big fan of him. Lewandowski. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, the reason I ask this question is you'll never guess who's number two. He plays in the Premier League. Been in the Premier League for 15 years now. Mark Noble? Yep. Mark oh, Noble, Noble has a 90.5 percentage penalties conversion mm. rate. Do you know, there's something And it's about a boring side foot as well. Nothing fancy. No I, panickers. And listen to the rest Penenka. of the top ten. There's... Lewandowski, Rivaldo, Fat Ronaldo, Balotelli, Zlatan, Eden Hazard, 
Giuseppe Rossi, Shevchenko, Arteta, and Mark Noble. <laughs> He's in good say, company there. Giuseppe Rossi. That's <laughs> interesting too. But um, oh, he, had a, he had a good spell when he went to Villarreal. I, I oh, don't get me wrong. I love Giuseppe Rossi. I think he's excellent. But, but um, Mark Noble is obviously he's a West Ham legend, right? But he is the same to West Ham as Leon Osman is to Everton fans, right? We all collectively think they're the greatest player of all time who is so underrated, who's been looked over by their country. And how could everyone not see how amazing they are? <laughs> and I remember once reading this this satire piece about West Ham fans, and it said a West Ham fan's pick of the English eleven. And it just had a, a, a football pitch of Mark Noble playing every single position. <laughs> and it's just stuck with me. It's so funny. But Mark Noble West should Ham have fan. played for England. Like, I don't understand why 10 years ago, when he was mid-20s and could run around, he didn't play defensive midfield. Well, he he, and he, he played Gareth, at every yeah. level. To, uh, and I think if, if someone like Gareth Southgate would have been England manager at one of those times, particularly him playing at every other level, there is no doubt he would have got a game. But yeah, I think he, he came, you know, he was probably peaking at the time when we were trying to shoehorn as many superstars in yeah, as we could. Yeah, get Steven Gerrard in there three times. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to the awards. So this is the fourth annual Shed Awards. Um, can't believe it's been four years. Um, but basically the whole point of this evening is to find out who, between myself, Jeff and Rog, is the Shedder of the year. And we base this on three things. We do it on our predictions that we put out at the start of the year, our end game results, which we do each week, and then awards. And we have six random awards that we released on Facebook earlier in the week that we basically all put a nomination forward and then we argue it out and we vote for the best one. And if we, if I'm winning, I get two points for that being award awarded to me. Does that make sense? That makes sense, John. Yes, I'm with you, John, so far. Excellent. So let's do predictions first. So at the start of the year, we predict the champions, the top four, the relegated teams, top scorer, player of the year, surprise player of the year, flop of the year, who will get sacked first, and a wild card. But Jeff, who did you vote for to win the league? Look, this my predictions were not very good this year. And it's it's sad that we Answer get the question, Jeff. <laughs> Don't you want a backstory, Rod? Man City. I went for Man City. I Rod, also went I also went for Man City. <laughs> well, you both laugh at yourselves going Man City. I went for Spurs. Oh yeah. wow. Can, are there minus points on offer for this award? No, there's only one point if you get it right. So no can, one can, gets a point. Can I just say, look, I don't want to, we're going to dither over all of these, but it was only last week or the week before that I said Spurs were the biggest underachievers of the year. And you, and you disagreed, but I said because of the perception, what they could have achieved, their performance at the end of the year was crap. And the fact that you had them as champions only just solidifies that point. You make uh, and, it's, and it's interesting because I think all, like, all the signs were there, but we just hadn't seen them yet if that makes sense like in terms of you know the burnout and then they're not investing in the squad all those things were building up and it just but yeah. I, I mean no one guessed it because everyone had spurs going pretty well you know all the all the pundits mm. had spurs going really well this year right moving on to the top four so we did these in order who did you have coming second rog i had liverpool coming second john and jeff liverpool john now, so because I put Matt Spurs first, I put Man City second. So, <laughs> fortunately, I've actually got that one right. So, one point to me. Yes. Boo. Boo. 
I've got my high tech score sheet um, score sheet here, a tally with the three of our names on. Great. Who did you put as third, Jeff? Spurs. Rog? I also put Spurs. Oh. So you three, you've just done three exactly the same. <laughs> I went for Liverpool. And Uh-oh. I went for fourth. I went for Leicester, which was very close, but not quite right. John, you were one day off. One match day off. But I'm glad that I ruined it by Man United getting the Champions League, so that's fine. My fourth went to Everton this year. (laughs) (laughs) As it does every year. (laughs) One year, Uh, you'll be right, Jeff. I went for Man United, so I am also annoyed because I was also one game off. Although my annoyance is perhaps tempered by the fact that um, I lost, but so did John. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. Now, for relegation... There's one point for getting any of the three teams correct. It doesn't matter what position they came in. Um, I went for Sheffield United, Newcastle and Watford. So I get one because Watford are down. I got nothing, nothing, John. Sheffield Sheffield United, Newcastle and Brighton. Not even close. I also got nothing. Sheffield United, Newcastle and Crystal Palace. So all of us said Sheffield United and Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I think we've got a... I mean, Sheffield United, us and the rest of the country should be, you know, just bowing down to the brilliance of Sheffield United and um, Mr. Wilder. And, you know, he, uh, we're not worthy of what they've achieved this year. But I do feel better that it's not just us. It's but the then whole world. all of us, well, yeah, I was going to say all of us were slightly arrogant and slightly non-appreciative of what they were doing in the championship and just went, oh, they must be a bit shit. They can't work in the Premier League. And then, oh, It's not so much that. It's just the, the, I think it's a pretty brutal jump and they had no money. And, you know, when you're breaking your transfer record and it's four million to sign uh, <laughs> Ollie McBurney, um, you're going to be in the conversation about getting relegated. True, true, true. Um, so that puts uh, me on two points and both you on zero. So going well so far. I've got three bottles of wine and two points. <laughs> um, top scorer, Jeff, who did you go for? Abimiang. Rog? Harry Kane. I also went for Harry Kane. Now, Jeff, you win that one because Abemiang was closest to the top of the league. He came second on 22 goals. So one point, Jeff. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Why, for some of the now, I know the arguing doesn't get on get involved until later, but why on earth for some of these are we getting a point without getting it right, and then other ones we're just not getting a point? Because the top scorer is the top scorer against who all three of us picked. So Jeff's closest with Abemiang. Yeah, right. Stop jumping on the rules. Let is John it? decide the I rules. I assume I read that as top goal scorer in the league. No, take a back seat, Rog. That's John's what game. we guessed. <laughs> no, I put it in the running order. It says the best amongst us. Just because you put it in the running order doesn't make it right, John. <laughs> it does. That just makes it your opinion. <laughs> the running order is the Bible. You've got to believe it. Um, player of the year. So this one is amongst the three of us, and we can argue who we went for and go, no, I think I'm right. No, I think you're right. And we'll work out who. It's I not think. the PFA player of the year. <laughs> So, who did you go for, Rog? I went for Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> Didn't we all go for Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne? <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. So we can all have one point. Dispoir. 
Um, now, surprise player of the year. So this is definitely um, up for discussion. Jeff, you look concerned. What was Sur- your surprise? <laughs> bad or surprise? Good. What? Surprise? Maybe maybe it was just a surprise <laughs> that I picked him <laughs> because I went for Leandro Trossard. He, he had a couple of good moments. No, he, he didn't, he, John. No, okay. He warmed up towards the end of the season, didn't he? Like he looked a bit better in a post-lockdown environment. He scored one good goal. Yeah. Well, I think that's more than the guy you went for, Rog. Who did you go for? Now, no, John. <laughs> now, I'm going to disagree with you there. My player, whilst he had a slow start, was integral to this team's survival. Oh, I don't know about integral. Pablo Fornals. Of West Ham. Who or Fornalis. Didn't get on the pitch very often. West Ham fame, you know, strong pedigree, came over from Spain, adapted to the Premier League very quickly. <laughs> Usually they need a whole season. He just eased straight into it, running the show from a deep-lying midfield position. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, I went for Jack Grealish, and I think hands down I win that. No, well, no, because no, we, we, disagree, <laughs> we disagreed with you when you made this choice at the start of the year because we said, why is Jack Grealish a surprise? It's we not a surprise. Got... It's not a surprise. It's got to be no, between, no, between no. Trossard and and whoever you went for, Rog, because Jack Grealish was the best player in a in team. The, in the championship. about to be the best player in whatever team he goes to. That's not a surprise. No. So in the, in the predictions episode, and I'd happily go back and listen, I prefaced it by going, oh, I'm not sure... But I'm going to go because he played well in the championship. I'm going to go for Jack Grealish. And both of you went, Oh, really? He's not that good. No, nah, no. Nah. Well, anyway, it's a vote. It's a vote. Mob rule. So you're not going to win, John. It's between Rog and Jeff. <laughs> Jack Grealish uh, is the best. <laughs> in that case, I vote for you, Rog. Uh, well, doesn't John have to vote for me, too? I can't vote for myself. And yeah. I can't vote for myself. So you got to vote so, for me. Trossard. Get in, Trossard, Leandro. What happens if vote? we all. If none of us... Oh, it makes John choose, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, well, that goal was pretty spectacular that Trossard <laughs> scored. So, um, and I I am I listened to the predictions episode earlier this week just to check. And uh, me and Jeff, Jeff definitely strongly registered our complaint about your choice in uh, Jack Grealish. Never. So you're voting for Trossard. Jeff, you're voting for Fornals. <laughs> So, John. Got me three bottles of wine. I'll take you both for right now. Um, so I have to vote for. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna have to vote for Trossard because Paul Nails is awful. You get that point on the board, Leandro. One for Jeff. <laughs> That's about the best thing he's done all year. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, post COVID, he's all about it. So the flop player or team of the year. Who did you go for, Rog? Joe Linton, not Joel Linton. Joe Linton. <laughs> Jeff, who did you go oh, for? So I went for Joel Linton. <laughs> so you both went for Joel Linton. I went for Sebastian Haller, who at £45 million was good for three weeks. And no, then no, stop me there. Joel Linton was more expensive. No, he wasn't. He's 40. Oh, the same. Yeah. Too much money. <laughs> Hashtag too much money. Sorry, Haller, when he played, was good. And we've watched him play and you agreed that he was good. I'm with Raj. Uh, was an excellent can, player. His link-up play was fantastic. Yeah, he you was, can't he really so stand... He's been unfortunate with injury, whereas Joel Linton... I mean, yes, he's been played out of position, but he's also just bad. Yeah, so Sebastian Joel, Haller 
can't get in the team because a right back plays him fr- up front instead of him. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Johnny. <laughs> He's a superhero. You can't yeah. bloody level that at Antonio. And, you know, the, the problem that Haller had was he was he was isolated in that West Ham side. He, he was playing so far ahead of his midfield, but yet still he managed to chase last balls and, and flick it on and bring other players into, in, into play. And I, I feel like that itself is such a hard thing to do that he overachieved in that position because there aren't too many players who can who can make a sandwich out of potatoes. <laughs> so you're both saying that Joe Linton's bet worse than Sebastian Haller. Yeah. Basically, John, it's a you can't vote for your own, so it's a point for Rog and Jeff either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't, I don't like this game anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so next up, and I ha- I have to win this one, is the sack race, which well, we can a... still debate, can't we? <laughs> well, I went for Javi Gracia, who actually got the sack first. Is got that got true? Sack. Yeah, <laughs> he got the sack after about a month. Who did you go for, Jeff? Graham Potter. Is he still in a job? Yeah, he's Rod, still in a job. <laughs> Rod, who did you go for? Steve the Potato Bruce. And he's still in, in a, a job. job. Yeah, because right. he's lucky. <laughs> One point to me. You're doing now, very well so far, John. Well, so update on the points. I'm on four points. Jeff somehow is on four points. Oh. And Rog, you're on two points. How's Jeff got four points? <laughs> because we you give in to his bullshit chat. Anyway, wildcard. <laughs> what did you get for wildcard? So wildcard. So the way wildcard works is at the start, we predict on something random that might happen. Now, because it's a wildcard, if you... If the thing you predicted happened, you get three points. So it's a big scorer. I predicted that Chelsea... Oh, hold on. What about whoever's closest? Is there points up for grabs if it didn't happen, but it's the most no. like it? No. 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 It's, it's got to be an actual it happened. I don't like any of your interpretations of these awards, by the way. I'm just putting that on the record. God, why do we invite Rog? I sent you these awards like a week ago and said, is this all right? You went, yeah, it's great. No, Can't you're not coming to the next now. Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your wild card, John? My wild card was that Chelsea or Man United would finish in the bottom half. They both I remember the time the top, top, saying four. that that was a bullshit wild card because <laughs> <laughs> you picked two teams. So like, come on, John. Um, but yeah, neither of that happened. So, Jeff, what did you go for? I said that this year there would be more penalties than ever before. So I did a I... bit of research, and it, that didn't happen. Yeah, I googled this beforehand, and you weren't right. So yeah, no. they're actually fewer, much fewer. Yeah. Um, Rog, what was your prediction? Oh, I know I was so close with this, so close. Uh, I said all three promoted sides would stay up. Yeah, so close, mm-hmm. apart from Norwich being one of the worst points totals in Premier League history. Yeah, well, that aside, <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since two promoted teams stayed up. I haven't no. got the, the facts in front of me, but it's been a while. Well, no one got any points. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> our wildcards didn't go so well. So for the end game, which we do at the end of every show during the season, Rog, you won that, so you get three points. Yes. I came second, so I get two points. And Jeff came third, so I he gets one point. I get a point for third? That is so kind. Well, you need it, Jeff, I think. <laughs> Um, but that means the points right now are I'm on six Jeff's on five and Roger's on five so after all the predictions and end games it's very close 
So now we move on to the actual awards for the season. So there's yes, six now awards. we can argue. Now Brilliant. this is all about arguing. You um, each nominate a winner for each award, and then you have to pitch why the person you've gone for is the one that we should all vote for. And then we all do a vote, and you can't vote for your own. And whoever whoever's nomination actually wins the award gets two points. I so have the, a technical question. Sorry. I'll go on. Should have done this probably before we got on air. What happens if we pick the same? Um, you can both win two points. Because it's a bit strategic, because people might, you know, change. No, you can't. <laughs> so poor, Rog. Well, there's no. quite a few where I've got like three answers. What? Well, because I'm a bit three answers. Well, no, I'm wavering, and then I'll go with my gut at the last minute, and that <laughs> okay. might depend on what someone else does. Now, for everyone at home, what Rog does every year is he slowly talks through his twelve options <laughs> and goes, "Maybe I think this guy will win," and then eventually just goes for the one that he thinks will win. Um, the Matt Letizia Award is the first award. So the Matt Letizia Award is for the player you have enjoyed watching the most this season. Jeff King, who have you voted for and why? I think you could predict my answer for this. Alan St. Maximan. I have to agree. I went with Alan St. Maximan too. Yeah, he's one of the few players in the Premier League that I literally have an experience of getting up at two in the morning to watch because I was so excited watching him come into form, seeing, uh, again, we've spoken about it. I was banging on about watching training videos of him after he made his debut. That kid is something else. And I genuinely think that in the next two years or so, we will see the the joy of football beaten out of him by the professional game. And this is one of those rare windows into watching somebody truly loves it. He's you been can phenomenal. tell he really, really enjoys it. There's just a big smile on his face. And he's just like, this is really exciting. I'm playing in the Premier League. I'm having a great time. I'm just playing with my mates, wearing my headband and running around having a great time. And it's phenomenal to watch. But not just that as well. I think he's done all those, all the flash things, you know, and the things we want to see on a, on a football pitch and make us watch the game. But he's also got results. Like he has been integral to Newcastle staying up. You know, they've mm. played in a very, very defensive way. And, Really, he has been the difference in those games. They haven't had a player like that for, for a while who can really create something from nothing. And I think... Since Tino Asprea. The way no, that he... Well, I the was going to say since, since Luar Luar. But the way... Well, but no, but he's much more consistent with that. And he's creative. Luar Luar could do, do something out of the box, but he can't... He does wouldn't usually create chances for others. But I think the thing that... Um, was so important for Newcastle was the way that he carried the ball, but he can also pick a pass. And I think with, um, I think Al Moron also had a really good year for Newcastle, but Maximan, it wasn't just the fact he can skin a player for fun. I think it was the, you know, the, the passing and the, and the end result as well. So I, um, it wasn't just a flash player. That's great to watch. There was certainly end product there as well, which isn't always the case with that sort of player. So I, I, I had him on my list. He's not my choice. Um, but I've got a special shout out to Jeff for St. Maximan. Um, I also got a lot of joy from Triore. The yeah. boring option would be De Bruyne, but my choice is Trent Alexander. He's English, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a very... I just think, when has there been a right back like Trent Alexander-Arnold? Possibly never. 
and he's English and I just watch him and I see a player at right back and I know fullback is now the in vogue position in world football mm. but I still don't think there's anyone that really does it like him did you know that he's um he's actually a Stoke fan really yeah because he's, yeah. he's from Stoke on Trent Alexander Arnold oh gosh <laughs> I think that's got to be a point off, hasn't it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Two. You're a dick. Uh, so, well, if you've both gone St. Maximan, I'd imagine that... Um, yeah, get your votes in, Jeff. I'm voting for John. I'm voting for Jeff. Uh, I'm voting for myself. You can't, Rog. So, Jeff and I... Then I'll vote, vote for John. Two, two points each, John. Two points each. So, Alan St. Maximan is the inaugural winner of the Matt Letizia Award. The next award is the Nations League Award, which about something that has happened that you liked but you didn't expect to. So this award is based on the fact that when the Nations League happened, we were all a bit poo-poo about it and said it was going to be crap. Turns out it was quite fun and we enjoyed it. So the Nations League Award is something that happened that you liked but you didn't expect to happen. Who wants to go first? I'm ready. I'll go first, if you like. Oh, Jeff, are you ready? Uh, I think there's only one answer to this question. We've already touched on them a little bit, but it's got to be Sheffield United to me. Okay. Has to be. Like, uh, just the whole world didn't expect. I'd seen a little bit of them in the um, championship enough to know that um, who was the ex-pro or manager that came out um, famously at the start of the year in Slade? Danny Mills. Danny Mills, yeah, long ball. Like, I knew enough to know that, well, everyone knows enough that Danny Mills is an idiot. Interestingly, but, he's not been on radio or TV all day since, since then. <laughs> But I just, I mean, every week I got joy from watching a team that had been promoted with minimal resources, but did something different. It is so rare in the, you know, saturated football world that we live in, that a team does something so different, so out of the box. The fact that, you know, a mid-table premiership team gets on the front cover of the sports paper in Italy is pretty outstanding to me. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I considered Sheffield United because, I mean, going to the, the basic of the award, something that happened that you liked that you didn't expect to, Sheffield United. However, this one was easy for me. VAR. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I completely uh, disagree because you love VAR and you I said lo- you'd love VAR. No, so how did you not expect that? You Go back to my initial predictions, Roger. I thought there'd be a lot more penalties. You know, I liked to say that I loved VAR, but deep down I was a bit cautious. But actually, I loved VAR. I experienced emotions this year that I've never quite honed into like the way I have. I, I've, I've focused on a man's armpit in a way that I've, I've never experienced before. The toenail became the most important part of the body. I love it. I think nasal hair was like... There was, a, there was a digital line across someone's nasal hair. Is he offline? It depends on how he knows. I absolutely loved it this year. Jeff, so, uh, I, I, I just, I'm going to stop you there and I'm just going to rephrase the question for you. Oh, sorry, not rephrase. I'm going to repeat the question. Something that happened that you liked but didn't expect to. I didn't expect you talking about how excited you were about VAR for the whole pre-season. And I know this because my view was the complete opposite. Every week you talked about how excited you were about VAR. So most of that, most of that, Roger, is just to give you a little red face. 
that, that um, all I wanted was to get the rage rod out, you know. So I, I wasn't sure if I even took myself seriously. I was a bit cautious. But seeing it in action, seeing the rage across the world about armpits, I just think, get on board. Love I'm, it. I'm entirely unconvinced, John. What have you got? So my nomination, well, I, I had Sheffield United on my list. Um, and then I kind of thought I wanted to go a bit left field with this award because things that happen in football that you like can be quite unexpected. So one, I went for two options. I don't really know which one I'm going for yet. Um, well, you can't well, sell both of them to us. You just got to pick one. <laughs> yeah. Well, one was that it turns out that Marcus Rashford is a really nice human being. And I didn't oh. expect that. Like people look at footballers and they often go, oh, they're rich, spoiled brats and stuff. And what Marcus Rashford did during the pandemic and is doing has made me go, oh, He's a really nice guy. And yes, I'm a Man United fan and a bit biased, but it just made me go, oh, you know what? That's really reassuring that some footballers aren't completely self-centred. The other one I was going for was Mikel Antonio being better than Sebastian Haller as a striker, partly because I didn't expect to see that happen and because he's a right back, really. (laughs) But also because on Christmas Day, Mikel Antonio drove his car into the house, into a house front garden whilst wearing a snowman costume. So he crashed his car oh, in a fancy Ferrari and then got out of the car in his snowman costume and people look, took loads of photos of him on Christmas Day and he's like, oh, this is embarrassing. Sorry, everybody. So my vote's Michel Antonio because I enjoy the fact that he's better than Sebastian Haller, who's a £45 million striker, and he drove a car into someone's garden whilst dressed as a snowman. I missed that. Yeah, I missed that completely. What a story. Was he drunk? I don't think so. He didn't get banned from driving. So. Must have been drunk. Maybe, they, maybe, they, couldn't, maybe they didn't recognise him. They just thought it was a snowman. <laughs> like, where's your licence? Melted. Just melted. Melted away. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I was stuck between Rashford Antonio, and Antonio. Rashford because he's been a really nice guy and Antonio because he's... Yeah. Well, you, probably, go... you, you should have picked the emotional, um, you know, tug, tugging at the heartstrings because we, we would have felt like ourselves if we wouldn't have voted mm. for Rashford. I know. But you, well, that's... you chose not to go with that one. So I think yeah. you both you both had Sheffield United on your list. So surely that's... You have yeah, to, I'm going go for Sheffield United. Me. Yeah, Sheffield United. Okay. Which I you. just, I don't think... I And I'd also happily keep talking about how much I enjoyed watching them every time I saw them play. Oh, 100%. I didn't get bored of it. You know, just even if it was a turgid game, I'd still be excited because it was just something completely new. Yeah. You've won already, Rog. Don't worry about it. Sorry. (laughs) The Nation League Award goes to Sheffield United and a point, two points, sorry, to Rog. So that means that uh, Rog is on seven, Jeff's on seven, and I'm on eight. So it's all very close. The next award is the Tom Cleverley Award. This is for a player that is least deserving of being a regular in the Premier League. Because oh, Tom Cleverley, John. Why did you pick Tom Cleverley? Well, he's crap, isn't he? But he plays in the Premier League every <laughs> Yeah, year. so many crap players. It's just you picked no, on No, you're only Tom. saying that because he played for Everton, Jeff. Because he's an, yet another Man United reject. He was one of those Everton. players that because he played for Man United, he played for England. And then everyone went, oh, hang on. He's not very good, well, is prom- Yeah, promising. Promising Tom Cleverley. Promisingly crap. <laughs> um, Rog, who did you go for for your Tom Cleverley award? Oh, this was so tough. Um, I've got three on my list. Um, I think I am going to go... The player I'm going to pick is not necessarily because I think they're the worst on this list, 
but because of the the their values of self-importance they think they are the best thing since sliced bread now i i didn't necessarily dislike this player until this year um or didn't think that they weren't deserving but i think that attitude has put them at the front of this list he's at a team that went down he's a bit tubby (laughs) he's ryan fraser oh that's a good call that's a great call (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, maybe he's good enough for the Premier League, but he, he thinks he's a world beater. You know, like, just yeah. he's done nothing this year, and his team's got relegated while he's been swanning around trying to, you know, get a big move to Scotland. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he, got, he got linked with Arsenal once in the Sun, and I think he ble- read it and went ble- to his head. Ooh, yeah, maybe I'll play for Arsenal. And hey, but was it um, was it Carl? It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a good shout, right, John? John, who have you got? Um, I've got a list of six. Oh God! But choose one. No, yeah, I'm going for. I'm going to go for Marcus Alonso, Chelsea what? left back. Now, the reason I'm going for Marcus Alonso because this ward is for a player that's a regular in the Premier League. He's a regular. He plays left back a lot for Chelsea and has for a couple of years. But he actually can't defend. So he's a left back who can't defend. The only thing he can do is run forward and score headers. From the back post, that's not really the role of. No, a left- he's got a good left foot, John. Oh. He's a left-sided player. He should do. Yeah, everyone's got a good left foot if you play on the left. No, side. I think if he hadn't had last season, maybe I'd be with you on this. But I thought he was crap when he was at Sunderland, and Bolton. couldn't couldn't was it? No, is it Sunderland? Oh, yeah, probably both actually. Is it Sunderland? And, well, and I also I can- another sign that if he's played for Bolton and Sunderland, he's not very good. I, I couldn't believe when Chelsea signed him, but then he actually he did have a good season. He was a proper rampaging left back, scored some good goals, could could cross a ball. I completely agree with you. He cannot defend, but I he yeah. contributed. No, but this season just gone, he hasn't contributed anything and he always looks a little bit lost. He kind of runs around. If you watch him play, he's got that look of, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but I think I'm meant to run over here. So I'll try running over here. And if in doubt, I'll just end up at the back post and try and head it. So he doesn't (laughs) know what he's doing. Um, So I think he's the least deserving to be a regular in the Premier League. Okay, right. So... Player least deserving of regular of being a regular in the Premier League, I've put hashtag Arsenal's backline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would have two. I do have two Arsenal defenders on my. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue that they could be packaged up as one disaster, and and we could judge them all. And if you're an Arsenal fan and you don't think you'd be better off if you shipped them all off and start from scratch, you're insane. Uh, please write in with your opinion otherwise so I'd love to hear it but Although, I, cu- I couldn't choose between them I, cu- I couldn't choose between David Luiz and Mustafi and I was like well, oh, it's, it's like, <laughs> like, what yeah. are we doing here so I just thought you know their whole their whole backline just My they are the least deserving backline in a good team in the Premier League my only argument to that would be that Kieran Tierney's been really good this year well he's only just got in the team he's been injured all year no, but in the last six, eight weeks since the restart, he's been really good. Any other season, he would have been injured till the end. So the options are the whole of Arsenal's back line. <laughs> um, Rog, who did you go for? Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth or Marcus Alonso. Rog, who are you voting for? Mustafi. 
Jeff, who are you voting for? I gotta go with um Ryan Fraser. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Ryan Fraser as well, because I can't stand him. So Ryan Can we Fraser also do win. a special shout out to Kepper, who is crap and he's he 70 was, he million. He was on my list, yeah. And Ben Teke, who scored five goals in three seasons and still <laughs> plays up front every week. I yeah. would have had Shane Long, but Shane Long actually scored a couple of goals this year, so I'm like, yeah, I'm, Ben Teke. I was going to have Shane Long again, but I thought, no, I can't. <laughs> I had Yeri Mina on my list as well, because he's... Oh, yeah, he's big crap. <laughs> so the winner Played of... at the World Cup and he's big. Must be good. <laughs> The winner of the Tom Cleverley Award um, is Ryan Fraser. That means Rog gets two points. The next award is the Blackpool Award. So this is for the team you would watch at 3am on Monday morning, but you don't even support them. So the ones that basically entertain you the most, like Blackpool did for their one season in the Premier League. Jeff, who are you going for? It's boring, but I went Sheffield United. Yep. It's, well, it's not that boring, but it's kind of difficult to not go for Sheffield United because... They've been so good, and they're the team that you go, oh, yeah, I'll stick them on if they're on. Well, yeah, and, and there was a certain part of um, watching them play this year that I felt that I was ill-equipped to talk about. Do you know what I mean? You, you have yeah. to watch a full 90 minutes in detail to really understand what they're doing. And and that's a, that's a rarity in modern football, or at least I find it's a rarity in modern football. Not saying that I know everything, I certainly don't, but where you really have to examine to see what's going on. So, And Sheffield United didn't get a lot of early kickoffs. So genuinely, we'd get up at two, 2 in the morning to watch Sheffield United. So I had Sheffield United on my list as well. But I'm, actually, I'm going to go for a slightly controversial one. Um, but I think it's because I hate this team so much that it's been strange enjoying to wa- watch this team this year. Um, and that's Chelsea. Um, because Chelsea have suddenly gone, well, let's play all the young English guys um, and let's try something a bit different and let's play interesting football. I've hated Chelsea forever and can't stand them. Don't like the whole club. Don't like anything about them. But this year, I found myself... <laughs> Tell us what going, you really think, John. <laughs> I found myself going, oh, Chelsea are playing. I'd quite like to watch them, partly because I want to see Tammy Abraham, Marcus Mount, Ruben Loftus-Cheek or whatever. Um, and it's made me excited about those young players coming through. So I've, I've made... Marcus Mount? Mason, Mason Mount. Mason Mount. Rhys James. Um, Rhys James, yeah, exactly. So when they have played, I've made a point of going... I want to watch them. So I've voted for Chelsea. That's Rog. a good shout, John, because we've talked about that a lot this year as well. Like, it's almost like a guilty pleasure because mm. I'm with you on the Chelsea hating and I sort of feel like I shouldn't like watching them, but I kind of have this year. Um, yeah. uh, I have gone with something less controversial maybe, but um, I went with Liverpool. Boring. Just because yeah, really I just, I mean, I'm not a Liverpool fan. I, I know some Liverpool fans, but I... I I found myself getting caught up in you know the emotion Klopp and the, and the and the story this year. Well, I do. I love Klopp. I'm a I'm a, an unabashed Klopp fan. Um, but those teeth, those teeth are so white. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I I genuinely enjoyed watching Liverpool play. I you know I suppose. The getting up at 3am just made me think of it because they had big games this year. And if I think of the things I'll remember about this season and some of the big games I watched, most of them involved Liverpool. 
Yeah, nice. And, okay. And, and so I think that's um, that's why I, I would I would pick Liverpool. So very option... very hard for me to vote for Liverpool, so I'm not going. to. Yeah, I realise I'm not going to win many. Yeah. Votes so the Blackpool Award nominations are: Roger's gone for Liverpool, I've gone for Chelsea, and Jeff's gone for Sheffield United. So Jeff, who are you voting for? Chelsea. Roger, who are you voting for? Ah, uh, yeah, I'll go with Chelsea. I'm, I mean, yes. yeah, definitely enjoyed Sheffield United, but um, yeah, I think that guilty pleasure aspect. Chelsea are the Blackpool Award winners. I, I one other team I had on my list that I was thinking about um, raising was Everton, just because whenever you watch Everton at three in the morning, you know Jeff sat somewhere else at three in the morning. <laughs> watching how painful this is and so this does bring me quite a lot well of joy. there's a couple of them i watched with jeff though which then just made me angry because i'm like this is your fault that i'm watching this crap um so and, I, and now i feel i don't know can i change i feel like no. now now i know that chelsea have won that it's left a bad taste in my mouth because i just go back to not yeah, you like can change chelsea. you can change no too late i've just written, i've written the points down All on right. my important sheet yeah it's it's final if it's on your scrap of little paper so the Cristiano Ronaldo Award. This is for the player or manager that you dislike the most in the league. I'm going to go first. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> He's a bully. Can't stand him. He makes every club that he goes to get worse. He treats players like crap. He make, plays awful football. He's anti-football. I don't like him. I want him to go away. Jose Mourinho. Well, there you go. Good one. <laughs> Jeff, any, uh, any advance on Jose? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've gone for Pep Guardiola. Oh, all gone for managers. Okay, right. And let me let me start at the point where I really turned. Cut back, which was cut, back. Bit... cut back. No, no, no. Because, no. <laughs> look, it's like, it, it's like a bad relationship, isn't it? Once, once one thing gets to you, you know it's all the rest. You know, so so Pep Guardiola's version of grinding his teeth while he sleeps was the victory lap when Man City got um, let off of their war crimes, yeah. um, <laughs> and watching the watching the the <laughs> images come, come out of him sipping the champagne with the Abu Dhabi bigwigs, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. You know, like you know more than I know. You know more than everyone knows. And you're sipping champagne going, congratulations, everyone. I thought that was disgusting um, because he has a reputation beyond Manchester City Football Club and he is doing a very poor job at protecting that beyond the the, the problems going on at that club. So then that made me go, mm, OK, well, do I like this bloke? Well, I loved him at Barcelona. Like he created what I thought was the DNA of that club. And you know, what you know as modern Barcelona was almost created by Pep. As a as a player and then as a manager, it's interesting. I liked but, him as a player, but hated him as a manager. Well, I loved him as a manager at, at, at of Barca. Barcelona. No, um, Sergio then, Busquets. So, so then, once I got so then I, I keep going, I go forward from that. And again, once I got used to seeing <coughs> Pep football in the Premier League, I started to dislike it. And don't get me wrong, I, I I love the perfectionism of it, but I've been banging on about how boring. A machine it is for a long time and how it essentially kills games and, and if you look for football for entertainment watching Man City win 5 every week is not it which makes so once the spell was broken I've actually tracked back to my last few years of experiencing Pep and, and I don't like it so 
that is my Cristiano Ronaldo award gone to Pep Guardiola. Nice. So, Rog, what are you going to go for? We've got Jose or Pep Guardiola so far. Uh, I don't know if mine is right. Um, well, you I've seen it. it's player or manager, and I've gone with an assistant manager slash coach. <laughs> that, that's fine. We, we, can we I say that. John Terry? <laughs> I just don't like him, and he's there. I see him on telly, and I'm like, go away. I just, I just, I just, no, dis- I just really, really dislike the bloke. No, that's fair enough. I kind of agree. Um, but if I had to vote, I'm going to vote. And if I had to vote for John Terry or Pep Guardiola, I'm going to vote for Pep Guardiola. Jeff, who um, are you voting for? Jose or John Terry? It's got to be Jose. I've never really got over my distrust and distaste for Jose. Yeah. I have previously been a bit of a fan of Jose back in the day. And I always love a bit of misery. I, I, and I've got a bit of a soft spot for um, Jose Mourinho for the terrific job that he did of dragging Manchester United down. <laughs> like that, that made me quite happy. So he's got a few credits in the bank there. Um, and I've got to say, Jeff, that you are ahead of the curve or have been ahead of the curve with your dislike of the Man City machine when all the other pundits out there were raving about how beautiful Manchester City were to watch. There was this little voice in my ear that said, Rog, is it really or is it boring? Is it really boring? To the point where I stopped enjoying watching Manchester City. Like, and I think you you won me and John over, yeah. over many months of just banging on about the City machine to the point now where when I watch Man City, even if it's something brilliant, I don't get much joy from it because it's either a cutback or it's a spadge in the top corner. And so I'm just like, well, I know that already. Jeff's, Jeff's told me that every week for like six months. Uh, so I have to pick Pep Guardiola. <laughs> that Jeff wins. So I don't know if Jeff's won us over or just ruined Man City for us. <laughs> like, it has ruined it forever. Um, so that means that Pep Guardiola wins the Cristiano Award this year. We have one award left. So the points currently are Rog is on nine points, Jeff is on nine points, and I am on ten points. And the last oh. award, there is two points up for grabs, so everyone can win. This is the Mark Clattenberg Award, which is for the first thing you would change about VAR next season. Now, Jeff, I'm going to go to you first because you're the VAR lover of the group. What would you change first about VAR next season? This was easy, right? One word. Pyrotechnics. <laughs> <laughs> I want fireworks. I want no goal. Poof. Fireworks. Offside. <laughs> I want all of it. All of it. Oh, it's a red card to the wrong player. Poof. Fireworks! We waited two minutes. Let's have some fucking fireworks. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, I am. Um, I actually quite like your logic, <laughs> Rog. What have you gone for? You've, I, I feel like you've gone for the opposite of Jeff. Something serious. Well, I've and... got a, a four-word answer. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Predictably. Um, look, Not we a know. Single thing you would change. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one, right? Because we know. The thing I've had to come to terms with VAR is that I don't like it, So, but it's inevitable. You know, it's mm. progress. It's inevitable. Um, 
and I don't think that we're too far away as a, you know, I suppose as a positive note, that's as positive as I'll get. Um, where did, where do we start? Um, I think that if I was going to change one thing about VAR, I've got two things. One involves pundits. One involves the actual VAR itself. I think I'll go with VAR just because it made me so unhappy. It's offsides. Yeah. And it's stop stop sweeping things under the carpet. It really, really grinds. I'm a, I'm a scientist, as you both know, and I go on about it. And so, you know, when I'm making an argument about anything, it is not definitive, you know, it is based on the, 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 the available scientific evidence and you come up with a consensus and you make an opinion based on that. Now, that is fine. And, I'm, and, and VAR is great. We're using the best available technology. However, you have to realize the limitations of that technology. You can't ignore it and say that because I can draw a line on the screen, it's fact and it's brilliant and it's amazing and it's VAR and I can roll out David Ellery every week and he can talk about how VAR <laughs> is fucking bringing world peace. Like I just, just, just admit, <laughs> admit that it's great, but also admit where you might need to adjust it slightly. Yeah. And I think then I would be happy. So I think for me, they just need to, I mean, there's two. If you, I think generally it's been positive, but it's handball and it's offside. And I think that's handball is more about the interpretation of the rule rather than the VAR tool itself. Whereas yeah. offside for me is about the tool. So I just think, I, tweak that. I would change from next season that the referee has to make every decision. So the on-field referee has to make the final decision. So they can't so go in the booth. Yeah. So they can't just go, Oh, we've decided that one's a penalty. They go, we think this one's a penalty, but you have to go and rewatch it. And then you have to make the final decision. So the VAR is there to assist like an assistant referee and go with a video assistant referee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in, in, interestingly, Give their opinion. That's what happened in the World Cup, right? And we Mm. saw that. And to me, we were all surprised in the World Cup in that actually VAR went pretty well. well And they, yes, there were some mistakes initially, but they fixed it very quickly. And it didn't interrupt the flow of the game. Or I didn't feel like it did with the referee going over and watching it on their screen. It should just be there to go, ref, I think something happened there. Or we're not sure you got that right. We think this one might be offside. Do you want to have a look at it? You can look at our funny little lines and make a decision for yourself. We think this one might be a red card. Do you want to re-look at it? And then the referee, who knows the flow of the game, knows the atmosphere, knows who's been talking in his ear the whole time, knows what's happening on the field, can then go and make an informed decision by looking at a video screen and go, yep, yeah, cool, that's right. Because you can, if there's two players that have been going at each other the whole game and shouting and arguing at each other, and someone goes in a bit hard on him on TV. It might look really bad, but in the context of what's happening between those two players, he might go, "You know what? They're just having a friendly tussle, and they know what's going on." And I think that's a, it's an I, interesting, interesting point. Yeah, I completely agree, John. And I think that also would address so many of the issues that people have with VAR because I think what a lot of people have really struggled with is this black box concept. 
that it's this mm. thing that we don't know about and we can't see it on a screen. It just suddenly comes up with the thinking symbol, like a computer that's not working properly. <laughs> and then a decision that we don't agree with gets made and there's no visibility. Whereas yeah, but, you... Rog, if, when it said VAR decision, poof! <laughs> <laughs> we would all be loving it. But I just want to... I, I think if you see the referee you know, going over and doing that and everybody else gets to view that, it then just becomes more part of the game. And yeah. I think the one of the key, the keys to people accepting this technology um, fully and bringing it into their hearts are making it part of football. And I think yeah. that by bringing it back to the pitch like that, you are making it more part of the game. I think that's also the most transparent way of running the system. It's what they do in rugby union, which I think is the sport that uses this technology the best. Yeah. You know, so the, the referee looks at it. They, they have a, a chat which people can hear. They can hear the microphone. Um, you know, when you're watching it on yeah, telly, you can, about it, you, you can hear can the discussion. And then it's, then it's a balanced opinion of things. But, uh, and I, I'm all for that. So do we vote for pyrotechnics? Um, offside or the referee making on field or the on field referee making all decisions. Jeff, who do you vote for? Offside. Rog, who do you vote for? I feel like that was a tactical vote, Jeff. <laughs> I don't want John to win, <laughs> but I'm not a big fan of uh, fireworks on the football <laughs> I should pitch. Ask Jeff first, because he just tactically made it so that he's going to win. I'm I'm going for John's. So you're voting for mine. Yes, voting for Rogers. Uh, I'm going to vote for the pyrotechnics. Yay! You're saying that just so I don't win. Yes. Yeah. So I we, think all, we all get two points because we all got to vote. Ah, uh, Rog. And I, don't means... know, I don't know how, but Rog ruined that somehow. No, well, no, wait a minute. Is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we all voted. Is that right? Yeah. yeah so you're basically but you're wait, voting so that you win. Yeah, 100%. Would you have voted for pyrotechnics anyway, John? No, I would have voted for my one because it was the best idea. Um, but if I'm being honest, I probably would have gone for Rogers out of those two. Okay, but you didn't, though. That's fine. That's no. a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this happens every year. Okay, John. Are Roger eleven, Jeff eleven, me twelve. Ten. Well, so well, I congratulations, John. Cheddar of the year. Well Cheddar done, John. And to celebrate, Aldi gave me three bottles of wine, which is great. well deserved. It was almost like you knew it was going to happen. Yes. Some would say rigged. But that is the end of this year's uh, Cheddar Awards. Now. Uh, I'm more than happy. We haven't got an end game or anything this week. We've got a little bit of time if you want to go through a bit of football news. A fair amount has happened in the last week. So we can do a quick fire five minutes on other stuff that's happened. Um, first up, Arsenal won the FA Cup. Does anyone care? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, did I win? No. no. The only thing I would like to talk about in that game potentially is a VAR. Oh, God, No. Well done, Arsenal. It's impressive that you keep winning trophies. You're very good at it. Is Aubameyang have... going to stay? I love Aubameyang, by the way. He's, he's, I, I'm happy they won it if just for his second goal because yeah. it's just such a great 
finish yeah, and he's one of those one of those players you would happily just switch on and watch i have a genuine arsenal question um and i posted this on facebook around whether arsenal would have preferred to actually lose or win the fa cup my argument was that if they lost the fa cup next year they're not in europe and they've only got the league to worry about in a shortened season where there's going to be more games to squeeze into a shorter amount of time they've got a new squad You've got Arteta kind of blooding them in. That's a perfect run at the top four for Arteta if you've not got Europe. Now you have to go and play 15 games all over Europe on Thursday nights and play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday because you won an FA Cup. Now, I know winning a trophy is good, but in the long term, as an Arsenal, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd rather have not won had a run at the Champions League next year when other teams are going to be really under the pump to play games and get top four. No, I disagree. I, I don't think... Oh, don't get me wrong. I understand your point. You make a good point. But I feel like Arsenal's squad is too good to be so pragmatic. Uh, and what I mean is, is that they won't get through the summer and hold on to their players unless they have European football. Because yeah. those players, apart from their back line... Um, and, but you know, arguably, David Luiz probably thinks he should be in the Champions League every week. I argue that their players are too good to stay at Arsenal for a year outside of Europe, especially at their ages. Lacazette's not young. Aubameyang's 32, is he 31, 32? Yeah, 31, 32. So yeah. I don't think that they would be able to keep the core of their team together if they had not won the FA Cup. Whereas now you're hearing these, these whispers of new contracts from all over the place because they're suddenly in European competition next year. And if you're in England and you're in a top six side, you know that two of you every year will be in the Europa League and you've accept, you've taken your lot. You've accepted that that's okay as long as you're playing in the Premier League. So yeah. I don't think they can be as pragmatic as your logic dictates, John, but I do think your logic is sound. Um, moving on to the Championship, it was the playoff final this morning and Fulham are now in the Premier League for next season. They beat Brentford 2-1. Um, it was nil-nil going into extra time. And then Joe Bryan, is it Joe Bryan? Joe Left Bryan, back, yeah. Um, scored a bit of a wonder free kick. Bristol City fame, we should mention there. Yeah, ex-Bristol City's Joe Bryan. But the keeper kind of wandered out of position <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and um, he scored well, a great free kick. Well, do you know what, was, what I found interesting with this, though? Uh, and it's one of those things that you don't... Immediately, my reaction was great, quick thinking by the player. You know, in terms of he's seen what's happened, you know, he puts his arm up as if he's going to cross the ball in and then catches the keeper out at the near post and it's brilliantly executed. But And my immediate reaction in, in any of those situations is always to go, oh, what what good thinking by the player, um, which in this instance is completely wrong. Scott Parker came out after the game and essentially gave credit to the coaches in that they, they've noted that the Brentford keeper, who's had a great year, um, but has like a really aggressive starting position when he's defending set pieces. Yeah, um, okay. And they had, uh, they, he, um, Parker actually had a word with Joe Bryan about it because they brought on Mitrovic. So obviously Mitrovic, great in the air. Everybody is expecting him to put it in the mixer for Mitrovic. But they'd been practicing this in the week. And they even tried it in their playoff semi-final and it went terribly and the ball went out for a goal kick. But it wasn't just a quick yeah, moment nice. of quick thinking. It was actually, a, you know, on the training grounds. Um, obviously, you've got to execute it. But that I was quite impressed by that. And do we need to give Scott Parker some credit for getting Fulham into the Premier League at the first time of being manager? First year, they've got relegated. He's galvanised the club, got them back up better than Frank Lampard did 
Yeah, I, I love Scott Parker. I loved him as a player. I thought, um, I think you you said this recently, John, that if it wasn't for Gerard and Lampard, he would be, uh, you know, sitting on in 50 England caps. Yeah. And rightly so, because I think he was phenomenal. He just got looked over because he wasn't Hollywood at the time. Um, excellent player. He did a bit of coaching before he took the job. He took the job when Fulham were a complete basket case. And you're right, getting bouncing straight back is very, very hard to do. I mean, Rafa Benitez is held as a god for doing that with, with Newcastle. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting to watch where his limitations are in the Premier League next year. Uh, I think it would be um, hypocritical of me to hold him much higher than the Frank Lampards of this world, apart from he's actually achieved more than Frank Lampard already. Yeah. So I, I, I'll look forward to seeing him. Although Sorry, it's I feel just... Like a Brentford. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I mean... He did what he needed to. And that's what I would say about Fulham this year. They did what they needed to. It wasn't particularly pretty. They were, you know, solid defensively first. And this game, you know, what they tried to do was take Brentford's game away, you know, rather than go out and play, um, you know, champagne free-flowing football themselves. Not looking like it's, forward to them being back. No, it's a bit. And I think that's, so that's the credit I would give him is he did what, Fulham expected they they you know they they got came down they had the parachute payments they're a well resourced club in the championship they expected to get promotion this year he's done that right they were always you know they were in everyone's conversations about the teams fighting for promotion Brentford were not they were essentially they're a well run mid table championship team and even that on the minimal resources they have is is an achievement and. I'm just sad because I think Brentford are the opposite in that they have a way of playing that's a bit different and it's a philosophy and it's exciting and everything was going great until they saw the finish line. Panic! And we saw them in the last few games, you know, as soon as their destiny was in their own hands, they panicked. And then I think this game was a little bit like that. It was almost inevitable to me that Fulham were going to win this game. Um, and I, I think it's a bit, he saw, um, I was watching the footage at the end and uh, Pontus Janssen, who was obviously at Leeds last year um, and then, you know, made the slightly controversial move to um, to Brentford, essentially was in the end ostracised by Bielsa, said, but I don't really need you anyway. Um, but he was pretty gutted because I think he was, I'm sure there was a bit of him that said, you know, there are a few times this season where he was thinking he'd made a, made a good Main move error. but yeah, yeah I, I mean from a personal point of view I'm very disappointed that we won't see Brentford next year because I think Fulham are much more of a known quantity uh, West Ham will be very happy because there's talk of West Ham signing the whole Brentford front line yeah um, so, <laughs> so West Ham fans will be happy but yeah I, I, I think it's a loss for the Premier League um, nothing Jeff, against Fulham but yeah Jeff was there a couple of things you wanted to talk about you uh I think we'll probably delve into them a bit more when we've got a bit more time because I could probably talk for half an hour about the corruption uh, at FIFA. Yeah. I think there's a there's a, a lot of Guilty. gross, lot of gross, stinky <laughs> stuff going on right now uh, at the head office. Um, I also think that Newcastle deserve a mention for the takeover being called off. I think that the takeover being called off because of the indifference and ineptitude to make a decision is as 
pathetic a way out of this as the football we could have taken. It's just delay. Like I, I'm not sure that I ever expected there to be such a yeah, such a pathetic way out as to just oh we'll get back to you. Oh sorry, we've not got back to you. I haven't checked my email. Sorry. Three two months later. Oh no, no, one minute. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get back to you. Okay, well fuck off. Oh Soz. That's essentially what happened. Um, yeah. So we can delve into that a bit more in the future once uh, once it emerges that the Saudi Arabian government have bought another football club and then all the Newcastle fans are gutted. I would like to, even though it was gross, give my condolences to the Newcastle fans because you had a yeah, glimmer of what might have been. And it's sad to see that taken away from you and realise you're still with Mike Ashley. But for your own souls, I think you're, you're probably better off. You will still find another buyer and it will be different to this time. Um, be hard though. Yeah, and then the last going thing that back we'll... to Mike Ashley. Oh God, yeah. Oh. The last thing that we'll probably chew over is the next release set of release documents about Man City's <laughs> Man City's own corruption. Um, I'm not sure if anyone saw it this week, but the football leaks gave a few more documents to Der Spiegel in Germany, and those emails are as damning as it comes. It turns out the Man City owner, um, or, or sorry, Man City, man, some kind of business manager bloke overpaid underpaid uh, an invoice and yeah. in in his email describing how he underpaid an invoice he basically mapped out the whole payment plan with the happy dabby group etihad airways and shake Sure, it's gross come on um but it'll be interesting to watch that unfold on, on the uh, gross notes uh, uh sorry john we should just say uh farewell to wigan uh, oh, was, yeah, no, was a bit sad obviously there's been yeah. a result of their appeal which failed um, I think <clears throat> you can understand why it failed they were going for a the, the legal term is a is a force force majeure, force majeure. Um, and I think in terms of a legal challenge it was always going to fail it's one of those things where we all accept that it's gross and it is you know such an indictment on the football system that this can happen but in terms of a legal challenge, there wasn't really a huge amount of basis there. It's just that the system's fucked. Um, But what I do hope that comes from this, which maybe hasn't happened before, um, is that there is enough focus that we look at the system in a bit more detail and how uh, the fit and proper person's test isn't really a fit and proper test for anything. No, no, I totally agree. Can I just mention how... Isn't it strange how the term for basically I'm going to thumb my nose at you and ignore all my my commitments? The the best term we've got for it is in French. Yeah, <laughs> it's because the French are better at language. I mean, their nose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they invented it. It's an art. Um, <laughs> couple of quick things before we go. Um, not really relevant, but kind of relevant. Paris Saint Germain won the last ever League Cup in France this week. The only reason it's relevant is because England will be the only league in the top five leagues in Europe that will have a League Cup from next season going forward. Everyone else has scrapped theirs, which means we're going to lose the Euros. So I'm just puts us at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, just putting that out there now. And from tomorrow morning, which is what we'll talk about next week, Europa League starts at five a.m. tomorrow morning, and then the Champions League starts on Saturday. And it's Man City against Real Madrid at 5am Saturday morning. Wow, that's a massive game. Yep, huge. So it all starts again. Um, But yeah, does anyone have anything before we go? 
John, have you got any uh, departing words for Eddie? You are you are a big oh, fan. Eddie Howe, yeah, no, so Eddie Howe did leave his job at uh, Bournemouth probably three and a half years too late. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone a bit earlier and uh, they maybe have stayed up. But, oh, I'm uh, already excited about next season. Um, do you know what I thought uh, about The anticipation season? of who your next Eddie Howe is going to be. What? No, no. Scott what Parker, I, Roger. It'll be Scott I Parker. I reckon it might be. <laughs> what? No, what I want to happen is Carlo Ancelotti leaves Everton, something goes wrong, and Everton go, oh, there's this young guy at Bournemouth, we should try him, and Eddie Howe goes to Everton, and it all goes wrong. And, uh, you already that had that, you had that joy when, when Big Sam came to it, John. You had, you've had that in your life. Let, it, <laughs> let, let, me have, let me have a bit of freedom. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the fourth annual Football Shed Awards. I think we did pretty well getting through all those awards. Um, thanks to Aldi for sending me loads of wine. That's nice. Um, officially, I am Shedder of the Year, which is very exciting. Um, uh, we, we will have we got back. predictions soon? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we'll be back next week with Champions League and Europa League for the next three or four weeks. And then we'll be doing predictions for next season very soon. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions, tell us we're wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Uh, see ya.